evil without evil. There can be no good. You want to know how I got these scars? There must forever be darkness for the light to shine brightly. Never rub another man's rhubarb. Without the wickedness of villainy, the valor of heroism could never be appreciated. It's five ways to play an evil character without pissing everyone off at the table. This week on the Dungeon Master's Dojo. Well, that was fun. Who's for Chinese? Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dungeon Masters Dojo Podcast. This is a show for game masters and players alike. We hope to bring you tips and tricks to elevate your game and develop the art of dungeon mastery. I'm your host, Louis Aponte, and these are your dungeon masters, Scott Labby and Bill Robitaille. Let's head to the dojo and see what they have in store for us today. Hey, Scott. Hey, Bill. How's it going? Don't talk to me. I'm drinking. Mine is empty. Wah. Jacko, learn learn to pace yourself. I am Scott. Can you pass me another one? Thank you. What a nice guy. Hey, while you're there. So, <laughs> anyway, anyway, back in the eighties, Jacko was the Energizer spokesperson. Do you remember Jacko? Jacko Energizer. He was the giant Australian rugby player with the. Uh, I remember. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, now we have a pink bunny. Proof yeah. positive that the 80s were way better than the <laughs> 2000s. We got a roided out Australian rugby player for the Energizer spokesperson. Yeah, now we got a, a bunny that breaks drums. New Energizer. It will surprise you. Oi. <laughs> yeah. He was in a short-lived TV series with uh, Greg. No, not Greg Evigan. Um, Sam Jones from Flash Gordon called the Highwaymen. I remember that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was pretty cool. They had like the sports car that shot out of the back of the giant black, um, tractor, tractor, tractor trailer. trailer. Yeah. yeah. So inconspicuous. <laughs> no, it'll never know. They'll never know we're coming. Sadly. And I don't know how it only lasted half a season. Gas. Yeah. Very short lived. Yeah. It was like, uh, the road warrior. After a bath, kind of. It was less grungy and, you know, creepy and apocalyptic-y. And that's our <laughs> our side talk for the evening. A history lesson. Yeah. There you go. Um, for all of you that were, like, wondering. Just in case. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're talking evil characters evil everyone wants to play an evil character bad idea it's horrible. such a bad idea terrible I, I think it's a bad idea as well the, the forums are are full of this how do i play an evil character uh don't that's the easiest way to get around it yeah but you're gonna have people that insist yes and, and you're gonna have the game masters foolishly that will allow and they're gonna piss people off everybody at the table is gonna be pissed because if you're doing a good job with your evil character um you're probably an asshole yeah uh, because i mean that's I mean, look at all the great evil characters, and they were they were kind of assholes, right? I mean, Sauron, asshole. asshole. Saruman, asshole. Asshole, yeah. Like, Satan, kind of a dick. Never invited him to parties. Yeah. Darth Vader, he was cool. He was still an he asshole. Was, he was an asshole. Moff yeah. 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 Gideon, awesome. Asshole. 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 So, I mean, you get, you get the trend, right? 
Well, that that's the stereotype that everyone's going to follow. Yeah. Yes. So, but if you're going to attempt to do this, what should be some things we should be trying to do? I think the ultimate goal is to A, not piss off your dungeon master, and B, not piss off the other players at the table. Um, that way you, you won't get your ass kicked in the driveway at the end of the game session. And um, C, continue your therapy sessions. End of show. Yep. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> That's going to conclude this episode. Here's <laughs> <laughs> a button hovered a little too close, didn't it? Yep. yep. Um, so the first thing, right, talk to your DM first to see if this is a good idea and understand your DM, uh, your DM may say no and that's okay or yeah your dm may say yes and then if your dm does say yes be very very cautious with whether or not you move forward with this plan because you have just effectively made a deal with the devil well i I think that depends on who your game master is if your game master is bill it's the devil yes (laughs) you Um, have sold your soul (laughs) yep my because eventually, I mean, if it was me, the DM, and I said, sure, you can play an evil character at some point in time, uh, it's going to catch up with you and your character sheet's going to be behind my DM screen and you are effectively now an NPC. Well, if you think about it, um, when you do that, you're putting a lot of work on the DM, uh, number one, because he has to kind of keep you corralled while keeping everybody happy at the same time because yes. you're going to have plans within plans or you should be if you're playing this evil character and your guys are we'll say on a neutral side or you know leaning toward good you're going to be eventually backstabbing every one of them yeah it, literally I, and figuratively i mean you you may oh we're we're uh anti-heroes you know oh, we're dark heroes no you're just using that as a cover to play evil characters um yeah because even your anti-heroes and your dark heroes are still what are they Heroes. Heroes. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, bounce it off your game master. It's, uh, you know, I'd said everyone wants to do it. Maybe for a one-off, you know, a week or two with the expectations that one person is going to end up standing and everyone else is going to end up dead. And the person who started it may be one of the first ones dead. But that's just going to start the ball rolling and then they're all going to go off on one another. I think if it was me, the only time I would do something like this is around Halloween. Right. A one-off, you know, for a week, maybe two, and that's it. All right, got out of your system, okay. And, and I think you have to really, as a DM, you have to you have to really look into, okay, why? Why do you want to play an evil character? Um, I've seen players do it as an excuse to be a jerk. Well, that's just how my character is, and that doesn't fly. No, like, that's, and, and that's the unfortunate, the most common. Yeah. Yeah, evil characters are not jerks. They're just evil. You can be evil and absolutely lovable. I mean, that's me every day. I was going to say, look at Bill. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, uh, you got to have a reason. If it doesn't fit with the story, then the game master shouldn't allow it. Or right. even if it's got to be shoehorned in a little bit, it it has to work. And if it doesn't work, then it's not going to work. I see it as if I'm playing this evil character, I'm going to have to, every session, I have to talk to Bill before game and after game, say, hey, this is what my plan is for today. So this is what my table doesn't know, but I still have to give my DM or GM a little bit of notice. Yeah. So he can prepare for... The shitstorm that that's about or, or here's the underlying. This is what I'm trying to do. This is my underlying plot. Yep. Um, I'm going to pull the wool over all these guys' eyes. They're going to think I'm, I'm, you know, the cat's meow. But what I'm trying to do is this. It's a coup. To, you know, it's it's a coup. I'm trying to overthrow the duke, 
or I need to assassinate this person and, uh, and I need to get close because it's, they killed my family and I've been hunting them ever since. And the more I hunt, the more I enjoy the, the chase, the more I enjoy the kill. And this person is built up to the point. They maybe didn't start evil, but they ended up that way. And that's their, their goal. It's all based on revenge and I need to get to this person. And it's, he's cloaking himself in a, a shroud of okayness when actual, you know, he's, he's behind people's back. He's little subterfuge here and there, little misdirection, try to steer the group in a direction. And everyone's like, oh, he's really convincing and he makes a great argument. Let's do this. Meanwhile, he's just maneuvering himself and these are just the pawns and his, his, you know, his, his meat fodder out in front of him. I think the only way for it really to work is for a transformation to be gradual. Oh, it has to be. Where you start. You know, you don't start at level one as a chaotic evil or neutral evil player character. You you start as something a little bit more cooperative as far as alignments go and then gradually move into that level of wickedness and evil. But that should take several several sessions. Yes. Um, maybe with the big climax being when um, it comes time for the end of the end of the campaign and now you are fully transformed into evil and you become my NPC. <laughs> the great reveal. Yep. But starting out of the gate, evil, I, no, nothing compelling about that. I'm first level and I'm evil. Okay, well, why? You know, well, and the big question is how evil? How evil? And that that goes right back to alignment. Yep. Yeah. Right, so know your alignment. But how, how, many many people, well. how many people really know alignments if you're gonna play an evil character you have to know what neutral evil looks like lawful evil and chaotic evil and chaotic evil is probably your worst choice for an alignment for a player character and the second they go chaotic evil you know they're just gonna be a giant dick yep oh that's well that's my alignment you know it'd be uncooperative they're going to be, you know, taking crazy Ivans every time you turn around. They're going to be killing the NPCs that have all the information. Oh, he looked at me wrong. So definitely stay away from chaotic evil. That's just a bad, bad choice. Mm-hmm. I, I've always seen chaotic evil as something that is reserved for the DM. Not that the DM's alignment should be chaotic evil, but any chaotic evil beings should be under the control of the DM because they're just not going to cooperate with anybody and those are megalomaniacs anyways they don't every everyone besides them is a pawn yep everyone besides them is just a a a means to the ends so yeah you're absolutely right that should be in the the, behind the dm screen if you have one so now you're left with neutral evil and lawful evil which i think are a little bit more palatable palatable but you still have to know yeah those alignments and if you don't know the, you know, if you come to me as a as a DM and you you're at my table, and you say I want to play an evil character, I'm going to ask what your alignment's going to be, and the answer is no immediately if it's chaotic evil. But then my next question, if it's neutral or lawful evil, is tell me how that alignment behaves. And if you don't know, then the answer is no. You may come back when you have a better idea. More than just an example. Right. And because Darth, that, Darth Vader was lawful evil. Okay, why? Yeah. How? Yeah, exactly. But he still, see, the thing is, even with somebody being lawful evil or neutral evil, they still have a goal. Yes. So you need to have that goal as well. Yeah, what, is your, what yeah. is your end game? I'm just not going to 
play an evil character just to wreak havoc across the countryside because that really doesn't fit. That's back to chaotic evil, yeah. and, and it's back to no. Yep. Um, some people just like to watch the world burn, and um, that's not that's not a good good fit for a party of characters. But Darth Vader, being a lawful evil character, let's say, is someone that could probably work semi well within an adventuring party. I mean, when you look at it, the the debate rages as to whether or not. The Empire was the good guy or the bad guy. And Darth Vader was a pawn of the Empire. So that gray area, am I a good guy or a bad guy? I think I'm a good guy. I have brought peace to the galaxy except for those rebels who they were probably referred to as terrorists because that's the sort of shit terrorists do. They, they blow up big buildings or giant moon-sized space stations killing thousands of innocent contractors just trying to support their families, carpenters, electricians, plumbers, plumbers. You're in space. Plumbing is really important. Really important. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you don't want to recycle it, you still got to launch it into yeah. space. Even just the laborers, <laughs> the sheetrock guys, you know, well, terrible. Just, just like being in the water. Shit floats. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can produce a, if you can produce a character that, um, that is compelling uh, is of an evil alignment, but it's, it's one of those where his actions or her actions and philosophies are such that other people can kind of get on board with it and be like, you know what? I, I see, I see their thought process and now I'm questioning whether or not they're actually evil or not. Which means you're actually playing a good evil character. I mean, are yeah. playing, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. An evil character. Well, yes. Because you have sucked other people into your your story, your plans, your plot. Your point of view. Your point of view. You, you've told them what you think they need to know to get them on board. You just haven't told them everything. But even if you were to tell them, well, sometimes... A, a compelling story from your point of view. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, you know, that, that makes sense. Yeah, right. We should actually, we should really do. Blow up that moon size, kill those 10,000 people, because it'll save millions, billions of people if we do. And when you look at when you look at the journey that Anakin Skywalker took to become Darth Vader, it's like the thing where he walked into the village and found his mother dead and wiped out everybody in the Sand People village. You're like, okay, I could see, I could see that. Um, you know, a lot of anger from growing up a slave. I I think it it kind of it kind of took a turn for the worst when when he killed all the. Uh, the, the toddler Jedi. I was like, oh, that's kind of a dick move, and it's oh, hard for me to get, yeah, yeah, hard for me to get behind you, wiping out all those cute little kids with their teeny tiny lightsabers. But up until then, I was like, well, you know what? Okay, he supported a not so hostile takeover of the local government, brought about an emperor who was pretty pretty evil, wiped out the Jedi who were kind of dicks. You know, they weren't all like like oh, they're Luke's a bunch of sanctimonious pricks. Yeah, they were assholes. And, uh, and if they weren't, they probably wouldn't have gotten wiped out. Mace Windu is cool. Um, <laughs> but Qui-Gon Jinn was a douche. I mean, Liam Neeson's awesome. So if you're watching or listening, Liam, sorry, but Qui-Gon Jinn was a douche. He did a good job portraying, and I'm sure you're a nice man in, in real life. But Because unlike most of the other stars we, we beat on, um, You'd kick our ass. Yeah, Liam Neeson could probably <laughs> show up in the ass. basement and beat the shit out of us, uh, just with his, uh, just with his, uh, what was it, taken voice. I have a certain amount of skills, and I'm proficient in them all. So, can you play it compellingly? 
and have the other people at your table at least be able to see your point of view. Mm -hmm. And can you be a a bad guy without being, I don't know, outwardly or obviously bad? Everyone at the table should be associates, not fodder. Exactly. They can be pawns, but they're not fodder. They're not there just, just to throw in front of the arrow when it's coming your way. They're there. You're there to convince them to help you in your your plight. And again, I think that all depends on where you stand in your ranking. Because if I was playing somebody like how Scott described him, I couldn't care less if really if Scott took a shot in the back for me. As long as I'm, you know, I have Bill by my side at this moment in time because I know Bill's going to help me. Scott's questionable. Screw Scott. <laughs> Story of my life with Lou. <laughs> but. <clears throat> plausible deniability. Oh, he was shot in the back. I didn't know he was there. Exactly. I, I had Bill on my side. I figured I was all set. I didn't realize that Scott was in danger. All right, let's talk about something different. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, the, obviously, the goal is not to piss off your party. Yes. That'd be a really good idea. We've talked about trying to bring them to your side. At least make it a, a plausible enough where they're willing to help and see how things develop. And then it becomes the... The, the chess game of, you know, like, again, plausible deniability. Yep. If something bad happens to someone, well, I didn't know, or I didn't, it wasn't me that shot him. I didn't cast the spell. I, I didn't realize that this happened. Oh, he was in the other room. Oh, gee, I closed the door behind me. I thought everyone was in here. It was dark. I didn't see, you know, he was stuck in there all by himself with those guys. Ah, oh, geez, I'm really sorry about that. Um, th- things will start, as like you said, it becomes progressive, and the party will have those moments when no no this dude is is out to screw us and then you can can you convince them back again and yeah that, that's the point but but you're still part of the party it is still a cooperative game so you just have to cooperate a little differently you have to establish why your character behaves the way they do mm-hmm. right so it's just i'm i'm not just going to not be present when you know a party member needs me um there's got to be a reason why you would let one of your your teammates uh, end up in a situation that was fatal without aid. Um, so why do you behave the way you do? A backstory is really important in this case. And a, a fairly extensive one. A, a, little, yeah. a paragraph or two I don't think is going to cut it with this. You You need a decent, rich, you know, chronological backstory to show the progression of how it's built to this point and then maybe an addendum to that saying but this is where i see him going for the you know game master's eyes only uh this is how i see the progression going as he goes you know by third level he might be doing this and by fifth level he might be doing this and by seventh level he's definitely going to be doing this and and show a basically milestones to the game master and say this is where i expect him to be at this point Ish, ish, uh, and but that shows the progression of how he's becoming more and more evil, heading towards his goal. Because if you have a compelling backstory and you play your character well, then the other players at the table are going to be less apt to be pissed off at you because they will know some of your backstory and be like, "Okay, I get." I get why they're behaving that way. I probably would be too in that situation. I understand why they took a few level dips in Warlock and sought out that evil 
patron to grant them their power. And now they're, they're a little farther into the darkness. Or maybe they're searching for a patron. Well, the player was searching for the play, for a patron. He told everyone that's the one that answered. And now he finds himself irrevocably linked to that particular patron. And he's doing the best he can to stay on the true path. But there are times where I might possibly sway. You have to understand it's not just me. It's, it's my patron, too. Yeah, play, playing your character well is super important mm-hmm. for this. This is uh, this is not something that I would recommend to a brand new player. I I agree. This this should be a seasoned player, yep. a veteran player that that hat can think ahead of time, can scheme and plan for the long haul. All right, this is a scenario. Game master, how long how long is this going to run? Well, I I'm going to try to run it for like a year. Excellent. And now he's making his plans out a year in advance, trying to hit those milestones of progression of, of levels of evil. Yeah, you need to be able to role play that out too. If you, yeah, if you can role play and just keep it going and keep it going and incorporate your players into it, where they become part of your plan and become, like I said, your allies, even if it's begrudgingly, they constantly have to be reassured that no, 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 that it's for the greater good. But if you, as a player, if you can pull that off with the game master knowing what's really going on and the players not necessarily, they may suspect left and right. But if they don't have any hard evidence, you know, you could probably pull this off. But even if you, even if it's not like a lot of forward planning scheming and you're just, you're role playing the character and there's that descent into madness and your other player characters know a little bit of your backstory, then you can really pull them in on that. No, now we need to save our friend because they've gone off the deep end. They're doing some shit that is just uncool. And, but we like them and we remember what they were like when before all of this stuff happened with maybe the warlock patron, the broken oath, um, right. And all these tragic things. So So now that not only the, not only are they in for yours, your backstory and your front story. But now they're trying to save you at the same time and make sure you do the right thing when you get to the conclusion. And you may play it up that that's what you want because maybe that is what you want. Maybe as the evil character, you kind of are beginning to realize you've gone a little bit too far. You, you got some secrets that you didn't want the rest of the party to know, like um, what happened to the, to the shopkeeper and his family that night. Mm-hmm. Um, and any number of other things you're not really all that proud of and you want to be saved, but you're in like too deep. Right. You know, there's no saving you. So all you can do is mitigate the damage. Yep. And, and now that makes for like a really good story mm-hmm. and it, it makes the DM's job a lot easier because now the campaign can kind of lean a little bit in that direction. And the final showdown may just be between the party and their friend. They may have a situation where they may have to kill their their friend that they've been adventuring with for a really long time. And, and have, have been trying to and thought maybe at one point they actually did save. Yeah. You know, where it finally comes to the showdown and the big bat is down on his knees begging for mercy. And you, you've been screaming vengeance, vengeance, vengeance this whole time. And you're like, we're going to bring him in. He's going to, you know, he's going to be tried. He's going to be, he's going to swing for this. And all his assets are going to be taken. All you have to do is just 
throw those manacles on his on his hands and let's march him to the constable. And you're like, you're absolutely right. And then he just smiles and grabs a dagger, puts it against his ear and drives it in. And goes, no, that was more fulfilling. And the party's like, uh, uh, and just calmly walks away. He's killed him, right? Murdered him right in front of him. Or manacles on. Or picks or, up that wicked artifact yep. that the uh, the big bad had. And now you have a, a battle-worn party that's got to face off against their... Big bad 2.0. Yeah. And that's that's drama. That's good stuff. That is good stuff. That even, even after a year of gaming, I think you, your players are going to be like, wow, that was a good ending. That was like really, even if a couple of them end up dead, yeah, they're probably not going to be pissed off. At that point, no, I don't believe they would be. Uh, if you don't kill the big bad, if he escapes, kills a couple players off, right now, now you have your hook for another session. Yes. For another whole new scenario. There's your hook because now there's a new big bad and you know him by name. That would be fun. That L- would be. Losing deep thought over there. Yeah, I was just thinking, um, while. The explanation you guys are, are given is, you know, if it's played that way, it works. But I can't see an evil player either playing in a party of evil characters or an evil player playing with good characters for that long a period of time. It's very hard. Oh, it's going to be hard, which is why we said it. You need a seasoned, a, a well-seasoned player to be able to pull this off. Because as soon as, if you're with good guys, you know, characters that are good, right. eventually they're going to say, we had it with you. They're either going to turn you in or they're going to kill you because you are doing so much evil. Right. You know, we're here to save the world, not help help the other evil characters. So, and it, evil characters working together, that usually just oh, falls, that never chaos, that falls that, into chaos. Yeah. yeah. They almost all have, immediately. They all have their own agenda. Yep. And it just doesn't work. We all have different plans. No, you got you to have to embed a character like this in, in the a certain amount of moral ambiguity where, you know, everyone's neutral mostly neutral and you know especially some of the you can handpick your care you know your players if you have enough of them knowing that these guys are going to run that middle of the road and sometimes lean off the path just a bit that's the kind of group that you can embed this kind of character into and get away with for a long period of time sounds like our table almost very it's gotta much be, it's got to be gradual though yes because it if, yeah. if it's not um that character will it, it will happen just as you said. It'll stand out too much, too yeah. quick. People will be like, nope, nope, uh-uh. Well, well, look not, at, not having it. Look at Gravin. How much time did he cross that line and had to get pulled back? Quite, yeah. He was pulled back a lot. Um, that was, while yeah, that was Gra- not his Gravin main, wasn't evil. He was just psychotic. Yes, but, but he could be classified as, yeah. even for some of the things he did, you know, because he shot first, asked questions later type thing. You know, a lot of people, we have some guys at the table who did not like the character Gravin. Mm-hmm. So. You could just say Corrick's character. It wasn't Corrick. <laughs> it wasn't Corrick. It, it was Corrick's character, character yes. and you played it well, to a T. Yes. 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 Um, but that made for that made for some moments of. Tense moments. Pre- pretty good. Pretty good game time. I I think that. You can, the whole evil thing is very, it's, 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 uh, different shades of gray. It is. You know, you look at, uh, you look at the character of Dirty Harry, um, and 
Dirty Harry was the good guy, but he wasn't really a good guy. Oh, he, he was a shoot first, ask questions later. Yeah. Oh, he was a vigilante. Yeah, he was a vigilante. That, you know, there's that gray area. Yeah, I don't, vigilanteism, I don't count as evil. I mean, look at the Punisher. Same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Not a great guy, but though. But it, no. it depends on which side of the fence you're on. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. The uh, Ask the Rebellion in Star Wars, they're rebels and they're heroes. Ask the Empire, they're terrorists. Yeah. So, again, that goes to my, my point is, you know, this would be very hard to play with even neutral aligned characters. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't say it was easy. Yeah, no. And this but is you, one reason you, you why. You need a, a, a cunning and conniving player. Yeah, but this is one reason a why. seasoned I, one, I, too. Yes. I wouldn't allow it. I, oh, I, in most cases, we wouldn't either. Uh, unless... Hypothetically, if when I'm running my game, either Bill, Scott, or somebody else is doing it subvertly, and as long as I can see the picture ahead of time, I can try to, you know, I won't say deal with it because the party's going to deal with it for me. <laughs> Inevitably, yeah. yeah. Yes. But yeah. at least I can make arrangements, have their new character ready for them. Well, the the test of how good your player character or your player is is how long can he stave that inevitable turn from the party to bring him to justice or just be fed up with him and kill him. Yeah. But if you have a seasoned group of players, that's different, a little bit different. So you got a seasoned group of players and they're more in tune with the role playing part of the game than mechanics like the, and rules, mechanics and rules yep. then you have a really good year of gaming ahead yep. of you because they will they will role play the shit out of that. They'll make the story. They they will. And they will there will inevitably inevitably be allies and adversaries within within the group and that's that makes for good storytelling. Oh yeah, for a long term there's a, a good healthy polarization of your party. Yep. Could could be real fun cuz now your evil character can play one side against the other. Yeah, exactly. And that muddies the water enough for them to be yep. able to get get the things done that they need to do. They can they can split. Yep. Um, but DMs need to realize they're going to in for their DMs are going to be in for a big headache. Oh, you're in for a ride. Yeah. You're in for a ride. And, and you better have a seasoned DM if you're going to put a seasoned player with this type of character. You better be yeah. ready for it. If your group just bought one of the box sets, <laughs> don't think stay about it. stay away from it for like for a long time for yeah. a couple of years. Uh, see, see how you like DMing, see how you like playing and then play some more and DM some more and keep doing it for a few years before you jump into stuff like this, because it can ruin the game experience for a new table. I mean, it can even do that for an established table if done poorly. I was just about right. to say, because you know, you're doing, again, I'm going to bring it back a little bit. You know, we're playing evil characters and. We're doing all these evil acts. You know, how does that really weigh on you mentally, you know, personally? Because a lot of people really don't do that. And they'll, oh, I can imagine doing this. But then now you're starting to think about it all the time. And it really starts to weigh on you a little bit. I wouldn't know that from personal experience at all. Yeah, we know. Some people have lower baselines than others. But then you run into kind of that social contract and things that other people may not be yep um may not be really comfortable with and as the player of that evil character you have to be still um 
cognizant of how it may affect the players, not the characters, but the players at the table. So you have to, you have to really know your boundaries and know when to, when to stop. And sadly I've seen, and I'll say it again, I've seen people use it as an excuse just to be an asshole at the table. Mm -hmm. And that's really not cool. Or take revenge on another player or yep. the DM or something. Yeah. I don't like the way the last one went. Yeah, I, I think I should have had those four magic items and no one else had anything. And I, how dare you take them and disperse them on me? Well, I'll teach you. Yeah, we've seen. unfortunately, we've seen it a number of times. But remember, you're still part of the party, right? It's still a cooperative game. Right. And you're there to make sure that not only your goals, but everyone else's goals personally, as well as their characters are reached and and that's why that's why it's it's really important for it to be a gradual creep, mm-hmm. um, so that you can stay. And even if you're even if you're evil, particularly lawful evil, you can still be a functioning member of the party, even though you're certainly addressing your own agenda. But you can still you can still work towards the overall party's agenda while supporting yours because obviously that's the the ultimate goal right right as long as the party's agenda works well and you're getting your agenda accomplished then and that again that falls to the skilled player because a skilled player would readjust their agenda to match the party's to make sure his is furthered as opposed to trying to coerce the entire party to follow his right You'd find a way to maneuver your own, uh, which, uh, again, helps with the subterfuge and the, the deception. Because they'd say, oh, well, no, I'm going along with the party. Yay, I'm not, I'm not arguing. Nope, you're absolutely right. Let's do that. And the best subterfuge and deception is the subterfuge and deception that doesn't really look like it, right? I'm just giving you my point of view. Yeah. I'm not lying. This is how I see it. This is how it played out from my perspective where I was in the room. And, and it might be the truth. It may not be the whole truth. Right. Or, yeah, it, work those. you got to work those gray areas so that mm-hmm. it's, it's not. Because if you're going to play an evil character, you don't want to have the, the, you know, the black top hat and twirling your mustache and tying the lady to the, you know, train tracks. Right? Simon you, Bar yeah. Sinister. Yeah, you want to have you want to have a believable, compelling character. You want people to scratch their heads and go, "Ah, oh, you know what? He's uh he's got a point." I think if you look hard enough, you can you can see you can see the villain's point in just about every movie if you if you look hard. Like Killmonger, it's like, "Okay, yeah, I'd probably be pissed off if I was Killmonger." Or Darth Vader, or even Khan Noonien Singh. It's like, "Okay, yeah. this is what I'm he stuck me on this planet, and then the whole planet went to shit, and here I was, and all my people I loved and cared for died, except for a handful of us, so now I'm going to exact my revenge on them. How, you know, how gradual is the creeping into madness and wickedness, and what are the circumstances that brought you there? So you can play a medieval character and not be an ass. Remember, it's still a cooperative game, and there's others at the table who are trying to have a good time as well. Your personal goals or your characters should never supersede the story, or the goals of the other players. And that's five ways to play an evil character without pissing everybody off at the table. We'll see you next time at the dojo. That's going to conclude this episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Please subscribe to the podcast for more great content. If you'd like to hear a particular topic, you can reach us out on Facebook at the Dungeon Masters Dojo. Or you can drop us an email at the Dungeon Masters Dojo at gmail.com. Thank you and have a good day.